theyeshiva.net. So there's two stages in davening that we discuss, something called chakikim ibachutz and chakikim ibifnim. Chakikim ibachutz means the engraving from the outside, from the exterior. Chakikim ibifnim is the engraving from the inside, from the interior. Let's give a physical, uh, practical analogy for this. W- what's this? What are the concepts of these expressions that are often sometimes used in chassidus to describe different parts of davening? Yeah. On a very basic level, it means chakikim means, let's say a person has a, uh, a gush eitz. Lumber, big piece of lumber, and you want to turn it into a cup, a goblet, a kais, a keli, a utensil. So the first thing is, you have to cut around on the outside until you create the outer structure of the keli. You have to be ultimately be able, whatever type of material you're using with it, it's a wood, if it's metal, whatever the material is, I have to, so to speak, chisel out the chutz, that's called chakikim ebachutz, engrave it from outside, extract it, sculpture it, sculpture it, design it, form it, carve it, make it. Again, depends on the material you're using. And that's the chakikim ebachutz. I have now the outer surface, the external, the exterior of the keli. But now I have to focus on the inside. And that's called chakikim ebifnim. Engraving it or carving it out, designing it, decorating it, finishing it from the inside in which the actual substance for which I want to use it, whatever it is, whether it's a beverage, whether it's liquid, whether it's food, whether it's for another item, it should be usable in order to be able to put inside what I want to put inside. And the same is true also maintenance. Chakikim ebachutzes, rust gathers, chaluda, rust, chabnem chaluda banglet, rust, rust gathers on the outside, so once in a while you want to polish it, it gets dirty, the the shine, the glitz is compromised, or there's rust, so chakikim ebachutzes, you maintain it, you polish it from the outside. That's the outside. But then there is maintaining and taking care of the inside. But it starts already right away when you make the keli. The first thing is you don't start with the inside. The first thing is you start with the outer structure, and then you have chakikim In davening also, you have these two stages. Chakikim and chakikim And he says, chakikim that's psukah de zimra. Chakikim is going to be later in davening. What's the connection between psukah de zimra and chakikim because Psukah de Zimra doesn't only mean verses of songs, it also means verses of Zimra, from the word Tizmar Karmecha, Zimr, which means trimming, getting rid of the weeds, the thorns, the various uh, plants that obstruct the productive growth of a healthy plant, the thistles, the chuchim, the koitzim. So Psukah de Zimra, the word Zimra, Zimra is where I trim, I, I get rid of, I cut, I uproot, I weed out all of the weeds that don't belong in the plant 
so that it should be able to grow. That's an example of chakika mebachutz. It's like removing the rust and the keli from the outside. Oh, thank you. And what's the havana in this? What's the idea? When a person wakes up in the morning, naturally, right away we say, That's a general relationship, essence to essence. But still, the natural instinct of a human being is, the intuitive instinct of a human being is, if I don't work on myself, if I don't challenge it is, I'm a physical animal trying to survive. So davening is really a ladder. And it's a ladder of development. It's a ladder of growth in which we grow from state to state. The first state of davening, he said, is Haidu Lashem. It's Haido, Haida. Haida doesn't mean I feel, Haida doesn't mean I understand. But Haida means I know this is right. That's what Haidu Lashem is. I can't always be in a state where I'm an emotionally, I'm having a sensation, I'm excited, or that I fully comprehend. But Haidu is also fine. Haidu is the beginning. Haidu is I acknowledge. Ich bin Maida. <laughs> And that's the opening. Because if I wait until I'm emotionally excited and I'm feeling it, I can wait forever. Or I can wait for a very long time. It comes and goes. So the opening of davening is, the beginning of climbing a ladder is, I know that this is where I want to be. Do I feel it? I may not feel it. Do I fully understand it? Now I may not comprehend it. But how do I acknowledge it? And that's how I begin davening. You begin davening with That's the opening. That's the opening of a relationship. Then starts Baruch Shama Now starts the Chakikim Ebachutz. What's the Chakikim Ebachutz? Chakikim Ebachutz means in Yiddish you would say Meshtaltzich Hecher. A person goes up the other, the other, another rung in the ladder. And this rung is already his spilus. His spilus means you allow your emotions to be affected by the divine infinite reality. And that's what psukkadizimra is. When you do psukkadizimra, when you say the words of psukkadizimra with kavana, with intent, with the pirish hamilis, a person understands the words. If you don't understand it in the original, you use another language, you could learn it, but it's important to understand the words. So when a person focuses on Pesukah de Zimra, their heart opens up. So Pesukah de Zimra starts the Chakikah Mebachutz. Chakikah Mebachutz means there's, a, there's some engraving that the person does from the outside. And what does it mean from the outside? To put, in simple English, to put yourself in a certain space, in a certain mood, with a certain awareness. That's Pesukah de Zimra. Because Pesukah de Zimra is moving, and it's moving not just to the godly soul, but also to the animal soul. Because when a person focuses on the essence of Pesukah de Zimra, we take ourselves out of the rut. And I'm using that word meticulously. We spoke about the chaluda, the rust. It's like a certain type of rust that a person may be in. And I take myself out, I clean off the rust, I take myself out of the rut. Because the, the focus of the themes of Pesukah de Zimra, which basically is the story of creation. Most of Pesukah de Zimra, from the beginning, Baruch Shama Vaya Oilam, throughout all the Mizmairim, is really the extraordinary miracle of the creation every single moment, what we call Yesh Meyayin, something from nothing. And it's not maybe something that I can fully comprehend and internalize with my limited brain. 
as we explained. But it's something that moves the person. If the person would really be able to see Yesh Mayayin, as we said, then the eye couldn't exist. But the fact that a person can appreciate every person to their own degree, according to their own capacity, to their own understanding and awareness, but it's exciting. It's exciting to be able to become aware of the truth that do not take life for granted, do not take your biology for granted, do not take the planet for granted, do not take the cosmos for granted. So we say, for example, every morning, every single morning, we speak about the fact that Halaluka, Halaluus, Hashem and Hashemayim, Halub, Amraimim, Shemesh, Yereach, Koichvayer, Shmei Hashemayim, Halaluus, Hashem in Haaretz. Praise Hashem from the ground, from the earth. We speak about the Taninim, Vachal Tahimus, the various snakes and everything underground. Aish, we speak about the phenomena of fire. Barad, hail, shelag, snow, kitar, vapor. Ruach Sa'ara, winds, winds which Oysadvare, which fulfill his word, which fulfill his commandment. Each one of these, within and of itself, is a unique phenomenon, never mind they're working together. Harim, mountains, the Chalgvoyas, and all of the hills, all of the elevated entities on our planet. Eitz Pri, what about every living fruit tree, the Chalairazim, and all the cedars? Every tree. Now we say it fast, eight's pre, but what, what, what lay in these words? Every fruit tree. Do I take time to look at the fruit tree, to think of it, to analyze it, to appreciate it, to dissect it? Hachaya. Every living beast. V'chol behema. And all mammals. Wow. Again, we say it fast. Do I take time to appreciate every mammal, every beast, every chaya, every animal? Remes. Remes are the crawling insects. That itself is just a universe in and of itself that you could study for 20,000 years. Every bird, every bird flying on the porch, flying here, every bird with its own distinct personality, with its own distinct engineering, with its own distinct mechanism, with its own distinct DNA, with its own distinct voice, needs, social life. You ever hear what happens in the morning in Monsi with the birds? They have a whole shear on this. They have their their own shear going on. And then there's Malchieretz v'chalum, and then there's the history of humanity, the kings, all the nations, Sarim v'chal shefti aretz, b'achurim v'gam b'sulois, young men, young women, skenim and na'arim, yahalu Hashem Hashem k'nizko shmai levad. I'm giving an example of one capital in Tehillim that we say in Pesukah de Zimra. What does this do? This uproots the weeds, the thorns, the the, the thicket, the thistles, that obstruct the growth of whatever plant it is. Again, kisizmar karmecha. It it removes the rust, the rut, the sense of routine, uh, the lack of gratitude, the feeling that I'm stuck. There's no renewal. There's no rejuvenation. What do you mean? There's no renewal. There's no rejuvenation. Yeah, a guy once came and he said, came to his rabbi and he says, or. He was talking to himself. It's just an anecdote. And he was saying, you know, I'm alone in the world. Nobody thinks about me. Nobody cares about me. Nobody protects me. Nobody's interested in me. Nobody even wants me. I'm just completely, completely isolated and alone in the world. And you know, nobody, nobody cares if I live, I die, I'm depressed, I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm sick. I'm, nobody cares. 
So his uh, white blood cells decided to speak up. And in unison, there's like a hundred billion of them. That's a nice number, at least a hundred billion of them. You know what a hundred billion are, yeah? Not a million, and not ten million, and not a hundred million, and not one billion. A <laughs> hundred billion of them speak up and they say, what are we, chopped liver? What are we, nothing? What do we, nobody cares about you? There are a hundred billion policemen, a hundred billion policemen that travel around your body, literally patrolling the situation. <laughs> it's, and it's not an exaggeration. I'm not making up a story now. There are a hundred billion policemen that stroll around your body every moment, 24 hours a day, when you're sleeping, when you're showering, when you're having fun, when you're in a good mood, when you're in a bad mood, when you're working, when you're sitting on the couch, when you're schmoozing, when you're half-sleeping, when you're snoozing, when you're daydreaming. And they are patrolling the body, and they're looking out for one thing. Is there any criminal invading the territory and we are going to get rid of them. We're going to get rid of the invaders, whether it's a virus, whether it's bacteria, whether it's an infection. What do you mean nobody cares about you? Well, how can you make that joke? Your brain went into a rut and decided nobody cares about you. The world cares about you. Mother Nature cares about you. God cares about you. Only a, He employed only a hundred billion only a hundred billion white cells. I'm not talking about even the red cells, 37 trillion. I'm talking about the white cells, the police force, the shaymrim, the security guards, Nituri Karta, the guardians of the city. These are the types of things. Do I fully understand it? Do I fully comprehend it? Do I fully see the lakus and the yeshmeyayin? I may not fully see it and detect it, but it's moving. It's inspirational. It's very hard not to get inspired from this. You could try. <laughs> a person has Bechira. But this is the type of thing, Psuka de Zimra, it wakes you up, it opens you up to the heartbeat of creation, to the fact that there is a rhythm, there's a symphony. Don't be deaf to the symphony. You hear the Baron? There's a symphony. Don't be deaf to the symphony. That's what Psuka de Zimra is. Become part of the symphony. The birds are singing. Why aren't you singing? The squirrels are singing. Why aren't you singing? The groundhogs are singing. The frogs are singing. Why aren't you singing? Everybody is singing. The trees are singing. The bushes are singing. The plants are singing. The animals are singing. The insects, the reptiles, the fish. Everybody is singing. The only guy who's depressed is me. You got you to gotta wake up and smell the coffee. You got to smell the coffee. You have to smell the coffee beans. You have to smell it. This is all part of the miracle of life. When we, become, when we go into isolation... We detach from reality. So the person has to be brought back into reality. That's what Pesukah de Zimra is. Do I have it the first moment? The first moment I have Haidu Lashem. I acknowledge. That's Haidu. That's called Haidah. But then comes Pesukah de Zimra. Pesukah de Zimra means two things. Again, music, the song, being part of a song. And automatically Zimra, weeding out, pruning, trimming, cutting, getting rid of all of the thorns and obstructions of my garden, of my vineyard, of my field, of my farm. Sizmoy karmecha. There's an amazing garden that you're part of, but the garden can have either insects that attack it, or thorns that obstruct it, or weeds that don't belong there. And you have to create that space. You have to remove that. And that's what Pesukah de Zimra does. And the truth is, when you daven, if even just to focus a few minutes on the davening with sincerity, 
The most important thing is the sincerity, the kavana, the focus. Just tuning in, even a few minutes. I told you once of art that the Lubavitcher Rebbe said, it says in Medrash, Hashem says, Pischuli kechudah shalmachat, vani eftach lachem kepischuh shalulam. Hashem says, Hashem says, Pischuli kechudah shalmachat, vani eftach lachem kepischuh shalulam. Open up for me an opening the size of chudoy shalmachat. Chudoy shalmachat is the point of the needle. You know how large that opening is? Tiny, tiny little hole. The point of a needle. That's the size of the opening. And I will create an opening that is as large as pischoy shalulam. What's pischoy shalulam? The opening of the ulam. The ulam was the foyer, the corridor that preceded the Heichel, the inner sanctuary, which actually didn't have doors, it was a huge opening. It's discussed in on the first Amid of Mesechta Erevin, Erevin of Beza Aleph, Pischei Shalulam, why 20 Yamas, tall Arbayim Amas, Pischei Shalulam, Chlekes of Yehudan, the Chachamim, about a Mavoy, based on Pischei Shalheichel, or Pischei Shalulam. So you open for me, Chudar Shalmachad, V'nevchem Gepischei Shalulam. You create an opening that is Chudar Shalmachad. It's the size, the point of the ne- size of the point of the needle, and I will create an opening like the door of the ulam. So he said, "What's the pshat that Eibush Tazakta Yidin gave me a finif minut, or the finif minut zol zayin nor mina?" Hashem tells the Jew, "All I'm asking for is five minutes, but those five minutes should be exclusively mine." It's like your spouse telling you what you have for you. Ask your spouse, "What would you rather?" We go on a trip for two and a half hours, but I'm on my phone the whole time. And between, between gavra le gavra, between text and text, between WhatsApp and WhatsApp, we'll get in some conversation. Or just a few minutes, but those a few minutes are exclusively yours. The quality. I'm asking for you an opening like the point of a needle. In other words, it could be five minutes, but those five minutes should be exclusively mine. Those five minutes should be exclusively mine. I mentioned the other day that because of the corona, so unfortunately, shuls closed down right after Purim or shortly after Purim. So most people couldn't dive in with a minion. So obviously there's something sad about it. But like everything, there was a silver lining in it. And the silver lining in it is that sometimes the focus on the minion, even though a minion is a great mitzvah, and the Gemara describes tremendous virtues of davening b'tzibur, but nonetheless... Sometimes in the process, like in every good thing, in the process, a person could forget the essence of davening. Because the main thing is, I'm part of the minion, I have to catch up to the minion. They're soon holding Baruch they're holding Krishma, they're holding Shemin Esra. The core of davening is not the minion. The core of davening is the relationship. The minion is the icing on the cake. It's beautiful icing, it's an amazing icing, but it's the icing on the cake. And if somebody has to choose between the cake and the icing of the cake, you have to remember the priority. The priority of davening is a relationship, a connection. Not chalila to minimize the value of a minion, but to appreciate what a minion is. If a person stands with a minion and doesn't daven, it's not davening. If a person davens alone without a minion, it may be a davening even if it's not filled with zibur. So the essence of davening is, he says, give me five minutes, but those five minutes should be exclusively mine. So when a person tunes in a psukah de zimra, even to the basic meaning of the words, which describes the miracle of life, the music of life, the symphony of life, everybody is singing, everything is singing, everything is singing every moment, because it was just created, Yashmayayin. you know, we, our moods are so powerful, our thoughts are so powerful, that they put us in this rut, 
But if we would actually have an x-ray every moment of what's happening in our body, how could you be in a rut? Do you know what is happening every single moment for you to be able to think your depressing thoughts? Do you realize what's happening? Do you realize how much action, how much music? Do you realize the dance inside all of the nine systems of the body? 70 trillion cells, 70 trillion cells kicking, alive, vibrant, dancing, literally dancing. You could take a look. They're literally dancing every single moment to what? To enable life. This is the manifestation of God's will and wisdom and energy in your life. But my thoughts come and say, nah, you're in a rut, there's nothing happening, your life is a failure, you're a loser, you're, <laughs> you're depressed, you're despondent, you're dejected, just surrender to the rut of life. How can you do this? So the white blood cells turn to the guy and say, what are we, chopped liver? What do we mean nobody cares about you? A hundred billion little people care about you just because you can't see them with your naked eye. So open your eyes. Open your eyes and you see there's a hundred billion little tiny creatures called white blood cells who don't stop protecting you and watching you. They came from nowhere, you think. They came from nothing. Who organizes a hundred billion troops? A hundred billion troops, a hundred billion policemen. So why are you going to defund the police inside of you? You can't. You defund the police inside of you, you can't live anymore. And that's just the white blood cells. I'm not talking about the red blood cells. I'm not talking about all the other cells. So you're talking about 70, 50 trillion. They, they say the number is either 50 trillion, 70 trillion, 100 trillion. As far as I'm concerned, 50 trillion, 100 trillion is the same. Even 1 trillion is the same. I know what 50 trillion is, like I know what 100 trillion is, like I know what 1 trillion is, like I know what 100 billion is. But I know that it's a lot. <laughs> But think about 50 trillion and each one is designed and each one is working and each one is engineered meticulously and each one is an expression of dazzling, intricate brilliance. And it's all dancing every single moment to enable life. That's Pesukah de Zimra. Tune in. Tune in to what's going on. This is Chakikim Ebechutz. This creates a certain engraving from the outside. It removes the animal soul from being in a rut, in a rut of despondency, in a rut of depression, in a rut of melancholy, in a rut of just taking things for granted, which we call apathy, indifference. You know what apathy is? Loichpatli. You know what loichpatli? Loichpatli, which is a form of depression. And this is an incredible, incredible idea in this moment, what Psukid Zimra does. And you say, it doesn't work for me. It's not true, it does work for you. If you would be able to, for a few minutes, Psukidazimra, remove, remove the static and stop texting and stop thinking about the appointments and stop thinking about all the problems and stop thinking about everything you have to do. Not that there's no problems and not that you don't have to do anything and not that you don't have to pay bills and you're worried about this. But if for five minutes you could stop thinking about those things because, not that you shouldn't be thinking about those things, but you have to think about those things in context of the miracle of life. There's trillions and trillions of cells that are living and functioning in order to enable your thoughts. Every single time I think I'm firing a neuron, there are a hundred billion neurons that are all interconnected like a web, like literally wires interconnected, which allows for all of the intricate relationships in our brain to be able to function. Realize, realize what is happening here. Somebody's doing this. This is a manifestation of a grand, divine, cosmic symphony, and that's just me. Now I look at the person near me, same thing, and the person near him, and that's just in the human race, 7.7 billion people. Now look outside of yourself. Can you look at the deer in front of you? That's what we say, don't take the deer for granted, or the gazelle, or the bird. 
And altogether there is a large, infinite, cosmic, divine symphony that plays. And Psuki de Zimra means tuning into that song. That's why it's called Zimra song. And when I can tune into that song, it uproots, it removes, it weeds out. And it prunes, it's the act of pruning, of literally tearing out the grasses and the thorns that are obstructing the growth, which means the rust, the rut that can take over my animal soul and my divine soul remains imprisoned and puts me to sleep. It drains my energy. It depletes my energy. It makes me feel that I'm lost. It makes me feel that there's no promise, that there's no hope. And those who are sensitive people, naturally their thoughts often go there. Yosef Das, Yosef Machav. Because there is pain in the world. There is confusion in the world. There is uncertainty in the world. There's a famous writer in Israel. I met her here. She was here. Sukkot. She came to my house. Her name is Sivan Rahav Meir. She's a very special woman, an extremely intelligent woman. She and her husband, Yedide Meir. Their last name is Meir. They're both uh, experienced and very well-known writers in Israel. She writes a, day, a weekly column for Diyat Achronot. He writes a weekly column for Besheva. She is a, um, a news reporter, in, a broadcaster in Israel. She has weekly classes. She's a very popular figure in Israel as well as her husband. And they're both, uh, she's a Balchuva. She came back to Yiddishkeit at a later point in life. They wrote quite a few books. Very, very fine people. Intelligent and, uh, and deep. And they love their people. They love their God and they love their people. So uh, I was reading her column. Somebody sent me her column from last week. So she writes that she came a few years ago. She went to give a lecture in a place called Center called Shefa in, in Yerushalayim. This was the Institute of Rabbi Adin Steinzalt, Rabbi Adin Evin Yisrael. So after the lecture, uh, somebody asked her if she wanted, would like to meet Rabbi Adin uh, Steinzaltz, Zechariah Nelvarach, who just passed away last Friday, two Fridays ago. So she said, sure, and she went into his office, and they had a conversation. So he was also a Baltruva. He's from the 1950s, a generation before her. So she writes that he told her that now that you're ready about tshuva, we can discuss things in a very raw and authentic way. He says, people think they become balei tshuva and it removes their questions. He says, no, it doesn't remove their questions. It just transports the small questions into the big questions. Instead of asking small questions, you start asking big questions. Instead of asking, he says, childlike questions, you start asking more mature questions. It's not that you get rid of the questions of life. It's that the nature of the questions change. The questions are there. But instead of asking small, immature, primitive questions, you ask larger questions, more existential questions. That's what you grapple with. It was a profound insight, because what he was saying basically is, life is full of mysteries. You know, we never really have it down pat. We never grasp it all. We never really see the full picture. We never have the bird's eye view and understand all the pain. Of course not. But I have to choose what type of questions I'm asking every day. Am I asking the question of where is going to be the next distraction? What's going to be the next vacation? What's going to be the next outing? What's going to be the next source of entertainment? Or am I asking greater questions, grander questions, larger questions, more authentic questions? Questions that ultimately affect the universe, questions that affect humanity, questions that represent my aspirations, my idealism, my striving to be able to 
touch the texture of life in a profounder way. So, I may not have all the answers and all the clarity, but Psukkah de Zimra is what creates his spilus to be moved by life. Just to be moved. Can I be moved? Moved, and that's the word. They asked a Jew, what's the difference between ignorance and apathy? And he said, I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> because if I don't know, I don't care. So Psukkah de Zimra is, can I get out of my apathy? Can I get out of my rut? So you'll say, not me, it doesn't work for me. Sometimes a person may need different forms of help, of course. But we're talking a person who has challenges and who does not. When I say Pesukah de Zimra, when I daven. And the main focus, again, is not to catch up to the crowd so that I look at somebody else's siddha and I'm holding where he is. That's not the focus. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking here about tuning into your own relationship, to your own connection. So what happens here is, it allows the heart to start beating. What do we mean the heart to start beating? The heart always beats. Baruch Hashem, the heart beats. But for me to become aware of the heartbeat, and for me to become aware that my heartbeat is part of a larger heartbeat. My heartbeat is part of the cosmic heartbeat. Can I see that? Can I feel that? Can I at least become aware of it to some degree? And when that happens, then I'm not in a rut. What do you mean in a rut? I'm part of a choir. I'm part of a symphony. The Baal Shem Tov said, Halacha is Rosh Tevis. What does Halacha stand for? Hariyu Lashem Kal Ha'aretz. Let the whole world, let the whole earth sing to God. What's the connection to the word Halacha? Halacha really means you recognize that you're part of a symphony. And I have to tell you, in my mind, it's one of the most beautiful definitions that I have ever heard of Halacha. Usually we translate Halacha as law, right? Law. The Baal Shem Tov translates Halacha as what? As be realizing that you're part of a symphony. Reb Aaron, you like? Reb Israel Tafasta? You see the difference? There's halacha as law, which is, yeah, law. You have to do this, you have to do this, and that's of course halacha. Halacha is guidelines, laws, red lights, green lights. This you do, this you don't do, this you do now, this you'll do later, this the time, which is true. But that's the external dimension of halacha. What is the pnimius of halacha? Halacha is joining the dance, synchronizing your life with the divine rhythm that vibrates through the cosmos. I'll say that again, for those of you who have poetic souls, synchronizing your life with the divine rhythm that vibrates through the cosmos. That's what it means. So the sun rises, the halacha says, I say Krishna, I daven. The sun sets, I say Krishna, I daven. Whether it's Shachas, whether it's Mincha, whether it's Maidiv, whether it's Krishna, whether it's Tfilin, whether it's Tzitzis, whether it's Shabbos, whether it's Yomtev, whether it's Matzah, whether it's Shoifer. Halacha basically means, Hariyu Lashem Kala Aretz. You're not an isolated creature living in a cocoon, living in a vacuum, alone in the world, and your brain, Nebuch, trying to figure it out, how are you going to be successful, how am I going to manipulate, how am I going to control, how am I going to deal with this issue, with that issue? What am I? I am part of a miracle. I'm part of a symphony. And every person is an instrument in Hashem's symphony. What does Rabbi Yehuda Levi sing? Ani kinor lishirayich. In the famous poem that he writes about his relationship to Yerushalayim and Teret Yisrael. Tzioin. Zion, will you not inquire about the welfare of 
your children who are in captivity. Rabbi Yehuda Halevi, living in Spain in the 11th and 12th century, writes a poem that we recite each year on Tisha B'av. And there he says, When I dream of returning to Tzion, Ani Kinor L'Shirayach, I am a harp for your melodies. Of course, Nami Shomer paraphrased the words of Rabbi Yehuda Halevi in the famous song, Yerushalayim Shel Zahav. So she says over there, but it's from Rabbi Yehuda Halevi, that I am a harp for your melodies. So every human being is a harp. Every human being is a musical instrument. That's where the string theory comes in, through which the divine symphony vibrates. It vibrates through me. And every single one of my cells is part of that symphony. That is what Pesukah de Zimra is. That's why it's verses of song. Now you'll say you've been davening all the years. Who speaks about symphonies? But really, look at the words. You'll see that's what it, all the whole Pesukah de Zimra is from the first word to the last word. And that's why song is such a prevalent theme there. It's called Zimra. Baruch, and we start off, Baruch Sha'amar V'haya Ha'aylam. Blessed is the one who spoke, who said, and the world came into existence. In other words, the whole world is pulsating divine energy. And we end off, sandwich between two brachas, and the last one is, and we say, yeah, now listen to these words. People don't tune in. Shir Ushvacha Halel Vizimra Oizumem Shala Netzach Dula Gvura Tiferes Dusha Malkus Brachas Vaidayas. I think it's just words, words, words. This is all a description of a divine symphony. It's appropriate when I observe what's happening in the world and in my world and in nature. It's appropriate. Shir to start singing. Ushvacha to extol, to praise. Halel to celebrate. Vizimra to dance. All of these emotional vibrations are appropriate. And then how do you finish? These are not random words that somebody, you know, needed to write some words, so let's put in a few other words. Every word here was every word written by the Anshek Nasus who made the brachas. Every single word was written with the profoundest form of spiritual inspiration. Habaycher b'shirei zimra. He chooses. He chooses the melodies and the songs. B'shirei zimra. Habaycher. This is what he chooses. What does it mean? He chooses. He chose this that each one of us should become part of this zimra. Melech yachid So how can I not be moved by this? If I really get this, the moment you really get this. The moment your heart strings become aware of this reality, there is a natural transportation from being in a rut to being in a more elevated and inspired place. That is the function of Pesukah de Zimra. This is Chakikah Mibachutz. So I think this gives us at least some perspective, at least Bekitzer, of understanding the paragraph that we learned. We learned it last time inside, and this one time I tried to explain it a little more outside, what Pesukah de Zimra is. This is the next step in the ladder of davening. We started off with Maidaani, we continue with Birchas HaShachar. We start the davening with Haidu, which is the first step of the ladder of davening itself, because the other things are the introduction. And then we come to the next step, which is Pesukah de Zimra. Then you have to climb the next, then we try to climb the next step, which is the blessings before Kriyashma, then Kriyashma, and then Shmeinesra. And then after Shmeinesra, you have to start making your way down slowly until Aleinu, 
when you step off the ladder and you uh, welcome the real world out there. So this is the ladder of davening. Sula Mutzav Artsav Ereshe Magia Magia Hashemaima. So we'll take some questions. So I know there was a problem with the YouTube. So generally, there's also a Zoom. A lot of a lot of a lot of you are on Zoom today. I see more people than usual because I guess the other stream wasn't working. So those who are asking here, there's a Zoom connection, and if you join our WhatsApp list, they send out the Zoom link. It's always the same Zoom link, so you could just get in touch with uh, me or anybody who regularly joins the share. They'll give you the Zoom link, so you'll always be able to go in. Question. Open up for me the opening the size of a needle after a full year in a certain town at college, not at all involved in Yiddishkeit. I finally had the time to go to a kosher dining hall. Instantly, I started on the path to Yiddishkeit and family after I went to a kosher dining hall. And that was the opening the size of a needle. Okay? The first Dvar Torah I remember hearing in my life was this. Before Yamtif in the old city of Tzvas, there was a Kirov program called Livnot Ulihibanot, to build and to be rebuilt. A visiting local rabbi spoke from Tzvas. He mentioned the upcoming show for blowing. The ram's horn entangled in the bushes represents our own lives and whatever thorns we may be caught up in. Because Avram Avinu's ram, it says its horns were caught and entangled in the thicket. The shofar arouses us to look at it more clearly and analytically to enable us to shake loose from those thorns and thickets. The first real dvartayr I remember hearing, I was 30 years old and quite a couple of years ago. Beautiful. And that's really the zimra, that's the zimra, there's a expression in the Navi Yeshaya, Zamir Aritzim, to prune those powerful forces that entangle us and bring us down, which are thoughts. It's basically thoughts. It's the thoughts that come into my brain and give me all these messages. I'm sick. I'm a loser. I'm unsuccessful. I'm wasting my time. I'm not accomplishing anything. All these types of thoughts and so many different types of thoughts. I'm alone in the world. It's never going to be good. I can't get anything together. I'm just defeated by life. It's the feeling of being defeated by life. I think that's what it is. And the truth is, when per- sometimes people at midlife or a little older, they just feel defeated, you know? Some people today, even when they're very young, but sometimes when you're young, you have this energy, and then later, you know, people become defeated by life. It's just, I surrender, and I live a life of quiet desperation. And Psukkah de Zimra says, you cannot stop singing, you cannot stop dancing. And the truth is, it's not you cannot there is a part of you that's always singing and dancing. You wouldn't be alive without that dance. You are a dance. You are God dancing in this world. You are a manifestation of Hashem's dance. I just have to tune into it. The only one who's out of that dance is my conscious self. Meaning, the whole world is part of a symphony. Including me. Because if I wasn't part of that symphony, I wouldn't be alive. The very fact that I am here is because I'm part of that divine symphony. The only one who's outside of that symphony is me in my own mind. I'm also part of that symphony. But this is where choice comes in. In my conscious self, I can experience myself as outside of my symphony. So basically, I have to open up, remove the weeds, and tune into the fact that I am just part of that. I'm an incredible and indispensable part of that cosmic dance. So my dearest friends... I bless you that today you should not stop dancing, not only during Psukkah de Zimra, but throughout the whole day. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at 
www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.